All right. Well, this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to read a passage of Scripture. All of you joining us online. And uh, we've been talking about the kingdom. And so I want us to read this story. We learned that the word kingdom, it means this. It's the domain of the king. And that we're to live under the, the guidelines, the principles, the authority of the king here on earth. Jesus sent his disciples out to say the kingdom of heaven is near. And we want the kingdom near, not far. Because the kingdom isn't just for one day when we go to heaven, it's for now. And we're to live with the principles of the kingdom here on earth. Last week we learned that the kingdom is a kingdom of workers. That every one of us have a gift that we should be using for the king. In fact, I'm really excited this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We have a bunch of people that are showing up on this facility. And if you'll bring a, a, a stuffed animal and a pair of scissors, you can help them. And they're making quilts to go to, to Mexico from the earthquakes to help the people that are there. You can use your gift for the kingdom. Amen. And we learned also last week that it's a kingdom without jealousy. That instead of tolerating people, we need to learn to celebrate people. And so today we're going to take another story in the Bible, another parable, and we're going to learn some principles. If you have your Bibles, you can join. If you want to do it on your phone, you can join. But we're going to go to Matthew 22, verse 2. I want everyone to read this quickly out loud together. Ready? The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated. Let's try it again. I want to hear everybody loud. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit. We acknowledge that you're in this place and we ask that your voice would be strong, it would be bold, it would be loud and that we would leave not saying, wow, that was a great thought or a cool illustration, but we would leave saying, I think God was speaking to me. So Holy Spirit, have your way because we want to be people who live for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody shout amen. amen. You may be seated today. We're going to take this passage of Scripture and we're going to look at this parable. What I love about parables are parables are meant to comfort the, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. <laughs> Jesus would use these stories to help bring understanding to us so we could understand the kingdom. And he, he relates the kingdom of God. Last week we learned he related it to a field with a man who went out to look for workers to work in the field. We need to use our gifts in the kingdom and in our community. This week we're going to learn about a different type of story that relates to the kingdom. And it says this. It says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. How many here like a party? How many of you have ever been to a wedding and you've enjoyed the reception, the party? Come on. In this story, the first thing we need to understand, and sometimes we just read through the story and we don't realize the first powerful thought, and that is the kingdom of God, you know what it is? It's a party. The kingdom of God is a party. And how many know that every party needs to have some music? Come on, you know if it's a party, you gotta have some music. Come on, some of you, as soon as you, saw, you heard that song, you just kind of flashed back. And I saw, last night, someone in the service literally started going. Right in the middle of the service. Because how many know every party needs to have some music? All right, all right, guys, thank you very much. For, 
So you say, Pastor, why are we highlighting this? Because here's what we need to understand. Sometimes we don't realize it. In fact, you know, I had a neighbor that, that lived kind of down around the corner and they were always having a party. Anybody have someone in your neighborhood that's always throwing a party? It's like they're always looking for a reason to celebrate. Did you know that that's what God is really like? Some say, well, what are you talking about? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament. You realize that when he established the law, from the very beginning of the law, he kept coming up with reasons for the children of Israel to celebrate. When they were taken out of, Is- of Egypt into you know, um, the-, the land that God had called them to and they went through the Red Sea, he said, now from now on you're going to have a party every year. It's called the Passover and we're going to celebrate. In fact, this party is connected to your worship. And you go through the, the Old Testament and you'll discover that he began to establish another party, the, 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 the tents, right? The, the, and then he, another one and then another one. And pretty soon there were all kinds of parties all year long because the children of Israel were called to celebrate. And I feel like sometimes in the church we've lost the joy and the excitement to understand that you and I need to know that the kingdom of God, it's a party, it's a celebration. In fact, look at what Jesus said. As we read the scripture in John 10.10, the thief, the God of this world, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to ruin your party. But I, Jesus said, have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And what I love about the word abundantly is a Greek word and it means this. It means rich and satisfying. And it means this. It means beyond extraordinary of great quality. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're a part of the kingdom, you need to live life and live it to the full. It should be rich and satisfying. It should be exciting. YOLO. <laughs> I love, I saw a little meme about YOLO and it was Jesus. YOLO, just kidding. Come on, how many know? <laughs> you see, the reality is that The kingdom of God is a celebration, but we've lost that ability to celebrate in the church. And I'll I'll use another parable to explain it and show it to you. It's the story of the prodigal son, and this is also a revelation of the kingdom. And here's what happened. One son, when he got old enough, he went to his dad and he said, "I, I can't wait till you die, so give me my money now. So he took a third of the inheritance. The two-thirds went to the oldest son. He took a third of it, and the dad said, okay, he gave it to him. He went to a foreign country. He began to live it up, party, do all kinds of crazy stuff, live on the wild side of life, live rebelliously. He was sleeping with prostitutes. He was doing all kinds of things. They had an economic downturn, and he lost everything. And he ends up at a pig farm, which is the worst place you could be as a Jewish man. And he has this thought, he's like, wait a minute, why am I living in such filth? Even at my father's house, the servants have it better than me. I don't deserve to be a son, but if I go back and I repent, maybe I can be a servant. And the Bible says that while he was still far off, what happened? The father was waiting for him. And he ran to him and he he embraced him and he didn't just restore him as a slave, he restored him as a son. He put shoes on his feet, he put the ring on his finger, which represented the authority of the father. He put the robe on him, right? And then what did he say? Let's party! And he threw a massive party. But there's another son in the story, and that's the one I want to focus on for a minute because we always focus on the one that that was rebellious because there's two types of people in this story. There is the rebellious son, and then there's the religious son. You see, the religious son, when he found out that his dad had thrown a party for the rebellious son, he got mad. He said, why are they having a party? 
and he wouldn't even go in to the party. Can I just stop and say, if you live a life always wanting to give people what they deserve, you're not on God's side. Because grace says, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. And so he was religious and, and he had lived close to the Father. He had worked hard and he had worked in the field and he had been faithful and he did this and he did that. And all those years he kept doing and doing and doing and doing. And you know what happens? He, won't go into, he doesn't go into the party, so the Father goes out to him. You know what I love about God? Is that God went to both sons. He reached out to the rebellious one and he reached out to the religious one. And he came out to him and he said, why are you out here? Why don't you go in and, and celebrate? Be a part of the, the celebration. And he said, Dad, I can't believe you'd throw a party for that, that brother of mine. He betrayed you. Look at all the stuff he did. You know what's interesting? Is that I discovered in this story that you can be far away from the Father when you're rebellious but you can also be far away from the father when you're religious. Because the religious son, if he would have really known his father, if he was really close to his father, he would have known that his father was on the porch every day looking for his son. He would have known that his father was ready to throw a party, to do whatever it took. And you know what's interesting? Is the religious son was just as far away from his father as the rebellious one was. Because I can tell you something. It's interesting if you read the story is that we know that the rebellious one repented. But in the end, we don't know for sure, but I think that if you, you read the idea, you'll discover that the rebellious one repented, but the religious one didn't. And what, what the father said to the son is he said, son, you don't understand. All of this time, you could have thrown a party. All of this time, you could have lived a life of celebration, but instead you're caught up in doing this and doing that and trying to do this right and trying to serve here and trying to live up to the rules and trying to make me happy. And, and what you don't understand is that you've lived far away from celebration. In other words, you can live moral but not be alive. And I have to tell you that there's a lot of people that I believe are in churches across America in places around the world. And they're trying to do everything right, but they get so caught up in a religious mindset. Well, it's got to be this way. And if, you know, if you're going to throw a party, you need to wait until he's proved himself to show that he really has repented. You need to wait until he's gone through rehab and he's been clean for a year. And then after a year, we'll throw a party. And by the way, at the party, we're not going to play any secular music. And at the party, we're not going to have too many balloons because we don't want the world to think that we're celebrating this kind of lifestyle. And what happens is people have this religious spirit in their lives and they don't realize that they're missing out on the fact that the kingdom of God is a party. You can be far away from the Father doing bad deeds, and you can be far away from the Father doing good deeds. Come on, somebody say amen. Some of us today have struggled to hear anything I said because all you can think about is that I played a secular song in church. Somebody say amen or oh me, something like that. Because if we're not careful, we can live a life that's religious. I'm going to tell you, the one thing I love about this story is at least the rebellious were willing to repent. And I got to tell you, I've seen people over the years, they weren't rebellious, but they've been religious and they've never had a heart of repentance. Because you'll never get close to the Father by doing good things. Somebody say amen. 
That's good preaching, Pastor Jared. Amen. Because the kingdom of heaven is a celebration. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to party this weekend. We're going to have a great time this weekend. We're going to have fun this weekend. And if you struggle with fun, if you struggle with having a great time in church, if you struggle with a, a, a church family that knows how to have a good time, I'm going to tell you, maybe, just maybe, the enemy has blinded you. And there's a religious thing working in your heart. But guess what? You know what our heart is here at Higher Vision? We want all the rebellious to come on in, and we want all the religious to come on in, and we want to celebrate what Jesus has done. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. All of our praise to you. You ready for point number two? We'll take a vote. How many are ready for point number two? All right. Okay, good. We passed. We're going to move on. Some are like, dang it, I thought I was going to get out early. The kingdom of heaven is a party. Point number two is everyone's invited. Let's keep reading in the story. Matthew chapter 22 says, When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all, what's the next word? They all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, listen, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fatted cat, cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Kind of reminds you of people that, have you ever tried to invite someone to a certain party and they didn't seem like they want to come and you just kept going back and say, listen, this is going to be an awesome party. Kind of feels like every weekend when I'm talking about the well. Um, There's going to be Jenga, and there's going to be cornhole, and there's going to be food, and it's going to be fun, and you got to come, and that's what the, the father's doing, right? He's saying, hey, the king is saying, hey, come to the party. It's going to be great. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went there. What's the next two words? I want us to all say that again. One to his farm and another to his business. You know, it was interesting when I read this. It wasn't as if they said, ah, I got other stuff going on. It says they refused. And I think there's a subtle message there. You know what the word refuse means? It means this. It means to desire strongly to want, but negatively. It's kind of like when you're kids, you, you want something or you tell them, hey, and then they're like, no. It's not just no thank you. It's No. And when I first read this, I thought, well, maybe it was just, you know, in those days when they would invite people to a, a celebration, what would happen? They would tell them, hey, next week sometime we're going to have the party. And then on the day, they would show up in the morning and they said, the party is today. It's going to be this afternoon. We'll let you know when it's about to start. Because it wasn't like today. It wasn't like you could set the oven and you could, you know, go to Ralph's and get everything and put it in. You had to kill the fatted calf and you had to dress the calf. And you had to, there was a whole lot that went into the party. So people were told ahead of time so that that they could prepare throughout the day to be ready when the invitation came. But if you read this, that's not what happens in this parable. In this parable, here's what it says. It says, they rejected the offer and they went their own way, one to his own house and one to his own business. And you know, as I begin to think about that, I begin to think there are people that are missing the party. Not just heaven one day, but the celebration of life that God has called us to today, and here's why, because they flatly refused. Not because they maybe said it verbally, but here's their mentality. I gotta do my own thing. I got so much going on, I gotta take care of my chores. I got a long list of honeydews I gotta finish. 
You know, there's a lot going on at work, and when they get so caught up in their own kingdom, they forget that they're a part of another kingdom. In fact, what's intriguing, if you read the story, is you see that they're short-sighted, that they only live for today. Because think about it. They weren't just invited by a friend. They weren't invited by a coworker. They were invited by their king to celebrate his son, the prince, who one day will be their king. Now think about it. This is the king, the prince that'll be the king, that one day when they have a dispute with their neighbor and they have to get justice, they have to stand before that king and that king has to hear the case and decide who's gonna get what's needed. And so now, what are they doing? They're putting their thumb in the face of the king and saying, your son is not valuable. It's pretty short-sighted to, what is that, kick a gift horse in the mouth. It's pretty short-sighted to thumb your nose at the king who someday may determine whether you could be a noble or not, who may determine whether the, the boundary lines are closer to your house or closer to your neighbors, who's the one who'll determine whether you have to pay taxes or not. Do you think that king is gonna forget? Hey, didn't we invite you to my party and you thumbed your nose at me? Oh, that's right. You're one of those people who lives for your kingdom and forgets you're a part of another kingdom. It's good preaching. Somebody say amen. Sometimes we can live life if we're not careful and we don't think that, that life is about eternity and we live